The Numinous Podcast with Carmen Spaniola. Hi there, and welcome to the Numinous Podcast, where normally we have interesting conversations with everyday folks about the mystery of life. But today, it's a special episode. It's just me. I'm your host, Carmen Spaniola. And for folks who are new to the podcast, I thought I'd do a quick introduction. I'm a fifth-generation settler of Scottish descent, living on the lands of the Lekwungen-speaking peoples, so that's the Songhees and Esquimalt First Nations, in what's commonly known as Victoria, B.C. I'm white. I'm cis. Uh, I'm settler. I'm the mother of a 16-year-old trans kiddo. Um, I'm a partner to a really awesome fella. And if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you know that uh, I used to have a program called the Numinous School. I taught a year-long program of intuition development. And that school is on hiatus right now. Uh, I'm working on a book. It's been Um, in the works for a while. It's going to be published by W.W. Norton in the fall of 2022. It's called The Spirited Kitchen, Recipes and Rituals for the Wheel of the Year. So for about eight years, I used to teach in the Numinous School every month on a different theme that combined intuition and trance work and was a blend of my various modalities uh, as a clinical hypnotherapist and as a somatic trauma recovery practitioner. I have a specialization in attachment theory. And these things actually did blend really well together because naturally our attachment style and our trauma are going to show up somehow in our spiritual life too, right? And so lately, since that school project is on pause, I've been offering condensed versions of those monthly enrichment classes on a, uh, just on Instagram Live once a month. I do this intuition jam. My Instagram handle is just my name, at Carmen Spaniola, C-A-R-M-E-N. S-P-A-G-N-O-L-A. So in the Numinous School, every year in December, we explore different cleansing and grounding practices. Um, So I'm not going to reproduce all of what I have taught about that in this podcast, Um, but I, I did think that this particular topic of spiritual hygiene was just too valuable not to share far and wide. So um, this isn't the beginning of a series where I, I put all the intuition jams from Instagram in a podcast. This is just like a, a one-off special one for spiritual hygiene for 2020 um, and specifically around the holidays. I also think this topic is a perfect complement to my annual offering, the Yuletide Stocking Stuffer. So for just 20 bucks, you get access to a private podcast with two daily episodes. They begin on winter solstice, so December 21st, and they run each day until January 1st. So you get a storytelling episode full of folklore and mythology and suggestions for daily rituals. Plus, then you get a second separate episode that's a mini meditation, like less than five minutes to help you deepen into the theme. Registration closes Friday, December 18th at midnight Pacific. Again, it's just 20 bucks, and you'll get 15 to 20 minutes of Yuletide myths and folk traditions and a five-minute meditation to help calm and soothe your nervous system. And if you do know my work and you're a fan of my animist, feminist, abolitionist, anti-racist, anti-capitalist worldview, you won't be disappointed. So you can just find out all about that uh, on my Instagram handle, at Carmen Spaniola, or on my website, carmenspaniola.com. So let's get to it. Why is spiritual hygiene so important? Now, this is a really big topic, and I just want to say, today I'm not going to be working on interventions. 
I'm going to be talking about prevention work. What I mean by interventions is I'm not going to be teaching about entity releasement. So what you know might commonly be called exorcism in the Catholic tradition, that is something that I'm trained in and skilled at and even have taught about at um, national conferences on hypnotherapy. Uh, but that's not what I'm talking about today. It's, it's not an easy subject to teach especially not online. It takes a lot of nuance and it takes a lot of time. And there has to be relationship there because the way that I do entity releasement is very relational. It's trauma-informed, even at the spiritual level. Um, However, today, what we can do on a podcast is a lot of preventative work. So we could talk about things we could literally do in two minutes a day that would have a positive benefit for us, but also for those around us you know, and our endurance and stability through these times, especially the end of the year, which if you heard my episode with Cosmic Tonic, uh, there's still a lot of wacky astrology to get through. It's a wild ride between uh, now and the early parts of 2021. So without strong spiritual immunity, we become less and less responsive to our own intuition. So we we can become more bogged down and have difficulties with self-regulation because of interference from the spiritual realms and the subsequent disconnection from ourselves due to that. So again, if you're new to my work, this might sound like I'm talking about disparate things. Like on the one hand, I use a lot of language from somatics and trauma recovery work and attachment work um, and polyvagal theory um, around the autonomic nervous system. Um, And then on the other hand, I'm using spiritual terms and and approaching things from... um, a very numinous kind of way, right? But they're very much one in the same. You know, your your body is your intuitive vessel. Your body and your emotions are your subconscious mind. Thank you, Dr. Candace Pert, right? There is no real separation. So what we're going to do today, and I, I am going to lead you in an experiential exercise. We're going to do some trance work today. Um, we're, we're actually going to sort of consciously de-unify, or intentionally, I should say, because hopefully we'll be accessing the subconscious mind in our trans work. But we will intentionally de-unify different parts of the fields of our awareness, um, just partially and momentarily. But it's to kind of parse out, like, where are we stuck? On, on what level of being are we stuck? Is it physical? Is it kind of emotional? Is it more mental? Is it more spiritual? Um, And ultimately, we can't separate our nervous system from our spiritual life. We can't separate our physical trauma from our spiritual relationships. We we just can't because our body is how we're attuning. So it helps if we're pretty literate in our histories and how they've impacted our our soma, right, which is our body, our beliefs, our worldview, our responses, our reactivity. Um, But we can start. To learn, if if you you know if you haven't spent hours and hours on the therapy couch and you're, you're not super up to speed on you know the the language of trauma and somatics, pff, don't worry about it. it. This stuff is like gravity; it's working on you whether you understand it or not, right? Um, but let me kind of parse out a few things about spiritual hygiene. So, when we haven't been attending to our spiritual hygiene, we can already feel like an inner compartmentalization between different dimensions of ourself, the physical, emotional, mental, spiritual. So there can be these barriers between those levels. And it's, it can be obvious to us if we're really looping in our head, right? Or if we don't feel connected to our body, we, we, you know, if we're like dropping stuff all the time or forgetting things all the time. Um, 
and you know we can talk as much as we want about pandemic brain and pandemic fog that definitely is is a true thing but what i'm saying is that why then would we not assume that we're also clogged or foggy on the spiritual level so um the symptoms of needing to increase spiritual hygiene i mean There's lots. It's not just, you know, forgetting things. Um, Sometimes if there are dense and heavy energies around us or, you know, yeah, even malicious interference there, we can just be feeling inexplicable grief and sadness or if not inexplicable, because hello, the world, uh, overwhelming and existential grief and sadness. Um, We can have trauma locked in the spiritual dimensions, right? And let's face it, it's the dark time of the year, the veil is thin. There are hungry ghosts walking around. Um, we are more susceptible to, you know, freeloaders and, and spirits glomming onto us that are the, the restless dead, right? So we're just kind of more vulnerable and susceptible if we're not doing our spiritual hygiene work. So um, especially if we are settlers, you know, if we're non-Indigenous to the place where we live, there can be a, an unawareness, a lack of awareness about what we're bringing into spaces, the, the number of restless dead that might be kind of traveling around with us, right? And so I believe if, if we're non-Indigenous to this continent that, that we live on, then we owe a duty of care to all beings, not just ourselves, but others we come into contact with, to attend to our own spiritual hygiene, right? I'm not saying be small or diminish your influence. I'm just saying that when you come to interactions with other people, make sure it's all you that you bring with you. Make sure it's good and clean and you're not carrying with you the unresolved trauma of multiple generations. Um, doing spiritual hygiene is a way to start clearing that up, right? So, um, this is a way to do a little bit of energy work on behalf of the collective. If we're not attending to our spiritual hygiene, we can also experience energy leaks and a chronic loss of energy and instability, an inability to retain really critical vitality, right? It's like we can just kind of feel like a sieve. Typically, um, when people are really overwhelmed and need to um, bring some spiritual hygiene practice in, we can see endocrine challenges, you know, things with hormones, aspects of the thyroid not functioning well, adrenal issues, even, you know, certain kinds of autoimmune issues, you know, fibromyalgia, lupus, diabetes, those kinds of things. Um, Different forms of dysautonomia, meaning um, misfunction or malfunction of the autonomic nervous system. Things are supposed to just happen automatically without thinking aren't quite functioning properly in the nervous system, Um, you know, that's an energy system. The nervous system runs on electricity, Um, but we could also say it's a spiritual system. It runs on energy, right? And so when we experience those kinds of physical symptoms, I'm not saying there's spiritual causes. What I'm saying is that then we know that we also should be attending to the spiritual dimension because if we're mucked up in the nervous system and the energy systems, we're going to be mucked up on the spiritual level because it's the same kind of, they work in the same way, right? So cleansing would be a really good idea if we need to like harness vitality, if we're feeling 
blocked, if we're not um, sleeping well, you know, that there's, there's just a whole bunch of different symptoms. Now, there's, there's no one symptom that's diagnostic, but a cluster is indicative, right? Um, how do we know if it's a good time to focus on our spiritual hygiene? We'll, we'll have a cluster of things like you're really tired, you're super fatigued, maybe you feel numb, maybe you can't really feel your body, you're zoning out, you're dissociated quite a bit. Um, also, you know, dissociation doesn't necessarily look like a lack of productivity. You can have dissociation that has a lot of sympathetic charge. Like when I'm kind of dissociative and I'm looping in my head, I will often start to rage clean my house and I'll just be like a whirling dervish. I'm not really in my body. I'm actually in my head reliving um, a bunch of stress, but I'm like disconnected from it somehow, but my body's moving really quickly. Um, I mean, the nice thing about it is I love a good clean house to have a cry in, but uh, ultimately it's good to know, oh, that's one of the signs, you know. Also, if you're feeling, um, you know, emotionally like you're overwhelmed, you're feeling stuck or stagnant, maybe you're taken aback by the trigger to response ratio of your emotions, like a little small stimulus, you have like a huge flooding of unexpected, you know, tears. Maybe on the mental level, you might be having um, intrusive memories about the past, lots of anxiety about future running scenarios, you know, catastrophe scenarios, having thought gaps or just being foggy, lots of rumination. So if you're like kind of mentally in this loop of conflict with no solution, or if the pendulum swings really hard and you're trapped in binary thinking, that could be like a, a mental level of indicators that um, you should probably be looking at doing some spiritual cleansing, right? So developing our practice can take a little bit of time, um, you know, it, but there's this neurobiological quality to it. So the nice thing is you don't have to spend a ton of time. It takes about 15 seconds to have a neuroplastic event meaning for, for your brain to create a pathway to a resource or a new idea or a practice. And um, actually, I got that wrong. Sorry, did I say 15 seconds? It takes like two minutes to have a neuroplastic event. Correction, my bad. It's like two to three minutes to be able to, to create a new like neural pathway. It takes like 15 seconds just to build like one millimeter of a synapse in your brain. So the point is that anywhere from like 15 seconds to two minutes or three minutes is having a positive effect, even if it feels really small or benign or like you're not doing very much. Um, so that's super great because that means, you know, two minutes a day. I mean, that, that's, that's not as overwhelmingly um, challenging to face, right, as like having to have a half hour meditation every day or something. And, you know, they say it takes like 30 days to build a habit or something. Um, some of the science and research says that it takes 300 repetitions to develop a muscle memory and then 3,000 repetitions to really develop embodiment so that, you know, you're actually reacting and responding differently. So that's basically like the neurobiology of why we would want to practice for like two minutes a day in in giving some focus and attention to our spiritual hygiene for like about a month, you know? Um, and the Yuletide stocking stuffer is only 12 days, but I mean, that's a really good kickstart, right? So my hope is that these things will sort of work together. So what would we hope to see after 
12 days to a month of doing like a two minute or, you know, just very short spiritual hygiene practice every day. Well, you know, we see increased vitality, less um, susceptibility to uh, really strong setbacks, you know, in our energy, um, a resilience to the whims and vagaries of the world, um, an ability to recover in motion when setbacks do come up, um, to harness that vitality and hold on to it uh, when we do get a little lift, um, and an ability to like resource not only ourselves, but also to lend our calm nervous system to others when everything's chaotic around us. So, you know, bringing um, a lot of attunement and attention with our mirror neurons to like track others, but also uh, help them move out of their stress states so that the collective is a little more resilient and, and calm. So today we're going to move into a practice in a few moments that's, that's actually four practices I'm stacking together based on elements. And any one of these would be something you could do for a daily practice as a baseline, but you might also need them as a rescue practice if you find yourself encountering some troubling situation. Um, if you practice when you're not in crisis, it becomes easier to reach for that resource to rescue you when some conflict does come up, right? So even before we drop into the trance, the first thing I'd like you to do is go ahead and think about Someone that you either know or know of, you don't have to know them personally, they could be like a celebrity, they could be a deity, they could be a figure from mythology or a book or a movie. I'd like you to call in someone who is both really strong, maybe kind of badass even, but also quite nurturing. So, you know, A, they wouldn't let something bad happen to you, they'd like jump in front of any kind of harm that might come to you. But also, if you were feeling... Uh, emotional, they'd be able to meet and match you with some resonance and compassion and empathy and understanding. So, you know, like I said, it could be any figure from um, any aspect of life, but you probably have someone that you admire or just like really love in an uncomplicated, unabashed type of way who you just turn to. For me, I'll be honest, mine is Bruce Springsteen. Anybody who's taken courses or worked with me knows that it's Bruce Springsteen my whole life, whether it's like young Bruce who just can't wait to bust out of his one horse down to um, now as an elder where he's kind of got his rock and chair, rock and roll happening right now. And, and you know, it's like, seems to have um, a desire to like, share softness and reflection and contemplativeness, but also the fierceness of like activism and leaving legacy that makes the world better. I mean, Bruce is my guy. And I think if he knew me, he would love me too. And so when I think about him, I mean, you can hear it in my voice, right? Like the smile comes on. I feel super warm. Um, I know he'll have the right words. I know he won't put up with bullshit. I know, yeah, like I can feel the warmth and um, presence in my own body, in my chest for sure. So think of whoever is your Bruce Springsteen and bring them into the room with you and just track what difference that made already in your body, what happened with your face. 
I know for me, I get so kind of emotional sometimes that I have a contraction first in my throat and a little bit of saltiness on the side of my nose, sometimes a little bit of tearing up, but it's like joy, right? It's, it's delight. So call in someone that you really delight in. And then know that you can always turn towards them if anything comes up in our practice today. You can open your eyes, you can look at something that's grounding in the room, you can pause the track. You don't have to push through. If anything, everything in this is invitational. The only thing I don't want you to do is push through if something is really overwhelming or uncomfortable. So if you're like driving a car or doing something that uh, requires your attention in order to stay safe, pause this now because <laughs> this is um, designed to take you into a deeply relaxing state. And I don't want you to be distracted. You can always come back and do this later. So take a nice deep breath that lifts your chest and send it all the way down into your deepness. You can close your eyes or just look down at the ground. Bringing your awareness inwards and releasing the need to scan your environment just for a moment. And another nice deep breath that lifts your chest and send it all the way down into your deepness, connecting with the place that feels like your center today. And if you're sitting, you might want to kind of rock forward and back or side to side to really try to get a sense of where do you feel most centered and balanced. And then I'd like you to imagine or think about there being some kind of orb of light about as high up above you as you are tall. So it's not very far. And this orb of light is like a portal or a connection point. It's like a hub for your connection with the entire cosmos. You might think of it as where your higher self lives or call it your soul star, whatever it is for you. This is your connection point with all that is. And just pretend that you are being pulled almost like by a string from your higher self. They're like pulling up a string that is lengthening your spine, going all the way up through the top of your crown, lengthening along your center. And roll your shoulders back and place your chin more or less parallel to the earth. Come into your back body and become aware of being in this dignity pose. And then soften all the way down the midline, all the way down the central channel of your body, all the way down your core, just a global micro relaxation. So your eyebrows are drifting apart, your throat is softening, the back of your neck, your shoulders, your upper chest are all just dropping slightly. You notice the breath, the air going down between your lungs and your diaphragm releasing. So it's like this beautiful dome in your core, a temple in your torso. 
and the breath can just drop down and float down into the wide, generous pelvic bowl, softening in your low back, so as your hip flexors and your belly. Feel yourself just going into heavy mode so you can really feel the weight of you on your seat. And connect with your bones now, your sit bones. Your bones are the scaffolding of your body, so grounding inside. Just connect with the sense of your femur bones, dropping your awareness right down into the marrow. And then travel that channel all the way down over your knees, the shins, till you can even feel the arches of your feet. And then the heels and the balls. And become aware of the left side of your body and then the right side of your body. And that competent protector that you brought in, I wonder if they could go either on the left or the right. It's good to have friendlies in our peripheral vision, just so that we can feel protected in our blind spots there. And I'd like you to imagine or think about now going to some place in nature where you can feel totally safe, you feel a deep sense of belonging and welcome. And connect with the earth if you were sitting on the earth there. What would that feel like? And who or what in this environment has your back? So place something behind you. Again, it could be something in the landscape. It could be a boulder or a tree, or maybe you'd like to have something else behind you that's wide open. You don't like to feel closed in. Maybe you'd like to have a large animal, like a buffalo, you could lay back against and lean on. It's totally up to you. And then, again, notice what's on your left and your right, and you might want to bring in more allies. Animals, or people, or plants that have good medicine just so that you've got support at your back and also your left and right side. And then once you've got that, think about centering in your width, like taking up a little bit more space left and right. This is the direction of belonging togetherness. Just see what it's like to imagine taking up a little bit more space. And then receive the medicine you need today from the earth element. Imagine or think about being able to breathe in or absorb or rest upon something earthy and grounding and supportive. 
And if you want, you could activate an anchor now so that you can just use this anchor to come back very quickly to this sense of being fully supported and surrounded by earth elements and energy. So an anchor would be some small physical gesture, so subtle that you could do it in a lineup and nobody would notice. So one that I use is I open my left palm and then I close my right thumb and pointer finger as though I'm connecting a circle. So my right hand is signaling I am connected to whatever, the earth, the cosmos, and my left hand is open facing the sky, signaling I am open, I am on high receive, I welcome the medicine you're offering me. Some people like to use just a certain kind of breath as their anchor. Some people like to squeeze their toes and release as the anchor. Is there a physical anchor that appeals to you now? So that's the drop-in to connect with the earth element. And if that element is challenging or just not super resonant with you, then here's another one that you could use. I'd like you to imagine or think about walking to the ocean's edge. And if you're not really a water person, you can just hang back and listen to me, just like you're listening to the radio. If you find the ocean not very friendly, then open your eyes and come out of trance and listen to me. All you have to do is stand up and stretch. But if you like the water, imagine that you come to the edge of the ocean and almost like there's a movie playing in fast motion allow the sun to drop down below the horizon and imagine it's nighttime the sky is a deep midnight blue there's a million tiny silver stars and the ocean is a deep calm indigo you can hear the lapping of the gentle waves sounding almost like the earth breathing Beat of the earth, you might even start to just sway or rock gently, feeling yourself being rocked by the waves. And for this exercise, imagine that you have your own horizon line where the ocean meets the sky in your body, and it's just at the lip of your pelvic bowl. So if you're not sure what the lip of your pelvic bowl is, we can do like a quick Kegel or Kegel exercise. Just squeeze the perineum and you'll feel a little flex just inside your hips, inside your hip bones. And that area is pretty much the top of your pelvic bowl. Or another way to do it is you could hook your thumb into your belly button and just point your fingers downwards and pretty much right where your palm and your fingers connect is round about the lip of your pelvic bowl. And so this place below your belly button is your new horizon line and everything below that is deep, calm ocean. And everything above it is expansive, airy night sky. So the 
bottom half of your body is heavy and the top half is light. And imagine or just pretend that in the ocean is a seaweed forest. Maybe it's made up of bull kelp, you know, the kind with the balloon at the top and the long tails. And the seaweed is just floating and drifting with the ocean currents, totally relaxed. Just like seaweed, you're feeling comfortable and held and safe in the womb of the ocean, in the lap of the sky. And now just using active imagination, you could just use your intention, use your breath. Take a nice deep breath and just become seaweed now. If you want to take another chance at that, you can just count in your mind. Three, two, one, be seaweed now. Letting go, allowing your body to rock sway. Just find the rhythm of being carried on the ocean. Your limbs are loose and limp. Neck is relaxed. Carried on the current. The lower part of your body is still heavy. The top part is feeling totally supported, held and floating. You're just floating on a stream of consciousness in that vast oceanic state of awareness that's peaceful and supportive. And you could do this as a practice every day, just for two minutes, just be seaweed, soften, lower your center of gravity to a deeper horizon line somatically. You might call this a dorsal drop with safety. Just mellow and slow, kind of chill. Feeling the rest and digest cycle, softening the belly and the inner thighs. Now, if you're not a water baby, or even if you are, but you want to experiment, let's move to the air element. Imagine you just come out of the sea like a mermaid who just got her legs. You come back into the beach or some other place in nature where you could bring yourself all the way back to the room you're in, whatever's comfortable for you. And if you're seated, be somewhere where you feel pretty stable. If you're laying down, you could just imagine this or visualize this in your mind. So we're going to move into something called the field spin exercise. So to begin, just tune into the subtle energy in your physical body. And just for a moment, assess, like, what is the energy like? If you could describe it in your physical body. Is it very fluid? Is it sparkly? Is it buzzy or kind of fuzzy? Maybe it has a soft, velvety vibration to it. However you want to describe it. What's the energy like in your body right now? Is there a color that you would pick that feels the closest, like it matches the feeling for you? Maybe the color just comes to you, but it could also just be like, you know, picking paint chips. You can just choose a color that feels closest to your physical state. 
And when you're tuning into this energy, if you practice this every day, you might want to ask yourself, does it feel helpful or harmful? If it doesn't feel like a helpful energy, then it could be time to do a little daily practice of two-minute practice to cleanse. And now we're just going to cast our awareness a little wider and imagine you could move from the physical body to the emotional body. Imagine there's like a force field around your body, like an inch outside your skin. When we talk about wearing your heart on your sleeve, imagine that your emotional body is like just outside your clothing. And if you could describe that, what is it like? Is it heavy or light, sparkly, fluid, stagnant, sharp, dense? Is there a color that closely matches your emotional state? So you're not changing anything right now. You're just observing the state of the emotional body. Are there places that are hard to sense or feel kind of hidden from you? Are there places that are dull? Are there gaps? Are you aware of the back side of your body? You're just sort of getting an overall sense. And then we'll just cast your awareness a little bit wider now. So maybe like a foot or two, no further than that, just a foot or two beyond your body. And we'll go to the mental body. Your mental body might be pretty obvious in the top part of your body and harder to sense down at your feet. Or if you feel like pretty foggy in the mental body, it might be pear-shaped, right? Not much going on up top and then just like heaviness and dense uh, energy down below. So you're just sort of getting a sense. About a foot or two outside your body, no further than you could reach with your arms. What's the energy like there? Does it feel helpful or harmful? Is it oppressive in any way? Is it just kind of blank? And then again, is there some kind of color that matches it? We're adding color so that you have this sort of other form of data that can, sometimes comes a little quicker than a full scan. From day to day, the color might just pop into your head. you're aware of your physical and your emotional and your mental body and now I'd like you to go back up to that soul star above you you're just orienting upwards remember this is your connection point to the Milky Way and the entire galaxy this is also the focal point where all the celestial bodies focus on you And as you orient upwards, you're just sending your attention up there as though you're hooking into that orb of light and start to sense or imagine a gentle stirring of the energy outside your body, your physical, your emotional, your mental bodies all starting to spin a little bit. You might sense it inside too. 
and just start very gently and slowly. It should never feel disorienting or make you dizzy or uncomfortable. It's just very slow and just a swirl, and it doesn't matter what direction it's in. Just trust that whatever direction it seems to want to go for you is the right direction. So slowly and gently, things are being stirred up and loosened in your physical, emotional, and mental bodies. And imagine that the swirling is slowly starting to have an upwards pull about it, like the soul star starting to pull up with a really gentle and loving force all the crap and gunk and stuff that's stuck in your fields. All the energies that are interfering or unpleasant, they're being pulled up and taken care of by something much bigger than you and something that actually operates on the same level, in the same dimension of any of the interference or stuckness that might be in your energy bodies. might for a little while not really be able to tell the difference between your energy bodies. It might be hard to know where you end and the energy begins and that's okay. We're just going to de-unify and let everything swirl like you're being stirred and then loosen. Loosen your body letting go and releasing and start to use your exhale as a way to encourage the release. So everything being pulled up and shaken out and extracted is unhelpful and the energy that's left is beautiful and supportive. Dense energies are just removed and your job, all it is, is to keep releasing and softening using the exhale softening the muscles, releasing the diaphragm. All feelings of stuckness or despair or futility or hostility, whatever is able to be extracted is just gently pulled up, carried off in the air. It might feel good, but it also might feel uncomfortable. Very often when stuck stuff is coming out, it feels just as bad coming out as it did when it was going in. So if you feel nausea or strange tremors or if you're like starting to sweat, feel your feet, feel your seat. You can stretch your arms, you can roll your ankles. You're staying present and not dissociating, but you're also kind of encouraging outflow, somatic outflow, energetic outflow with your body. You can always open your eyes and orient or hold the desk in front of you or you know, put your hand on the arm of the chair, whatever you need to do to stabilize. After using earth or water or air, as we just have. You could also use fire as an element of spiritual hygiene. So imagine or think about connecting with that soul star now. Give it some of your focus. Fire is the soul of the world, the first element. So the star really can be a guiding star for you. You can imagine this soul star sending the fire of who you really are 
down into you. You could use your inhale now to receive that centering. Think about softening into receiving more support. Your soul star sending down this clarity or connection. It goes down through the top of your head and you bring it all the way down the central channel, the midline of your body. It goes right through the center of your cranium, just totally illuminating your mind, it goes down behind your eyes, through the throat, between the lungs, down through the diaphragm, again your diaphragm releasing into that beautiful dome, and the light from the soul star goes down into the pelvic bowl, you can soften all the way down the midline, along your center, just relaxing and releasing, and absorbing the vitality and the energy coming in, starting to strengthen you. Feel yourself lengthening as this soul star, this connection with the fire of who you really are, begins to lengthen you and bring you into your dignity pose again. Shoulders rolled back, chin parallel to the ground. Soft. And then think about sending that fire energy of light from your midline right to the edge of your skin in every direction. Again, centering in your width and front back into your depth. It goes all the way down to the soles of your feet, filled with a light that's burning away or pushing away or illuminating anything that is not yours or is dark or heavy pushing out anything that needs to be pushed out as far as the light can travel. And again, this is a practice you could drop into for two minutes a day, where all you have to do is sit and envision or connect with your soul star above you, center into your length and dignity pose, Send that light down to the pelvic bowl and then out to the edges in every direction. Connected with that sense of belonging. Connection to the health and survivorship threads of your lineage backwards and those around you, who inspire you, that help you in front of you as you meet the world, just bringing back that vitality and strengthening and substance. This energy is helping you to meet the world fully as you and is nothing and no one else traveling along with you. And for the next few breaths, as we start to come back, allow the exhales to be twice as long as the inhale. So really deep relaxation, a deep diaphragmatic breath. And even bring in a sigh or a hum. Start to stimulate the vagus nerve, the ventral vagal, the social nervous system. Just bringing your own voice into your space, taking up a little space. (sighs) Squeezing out 
the last little bits of the breath. Hmm. When you're ready to open your eyes, orient to something in the room. It's either grounding or delightful. And so when you look at it, just really wait a moment for your vision to become clear. Notice what it's like for your vision to come back online. And watch and see how this delightful or grounding item actually impacts you. So does your face soften? Does this another breath or a sigh come out? Do your shoulders drop? Does your chin sort of tilt because the orienting muscles along your neck aren't scanning for threat? They go, oh. Like, how actually does this orienting item impact you? And then give yourself a moment to really enjoy that, that it's having that co-regulation impact on you. And then start to bring on your arms and legs with, you know, a bit of stretching, sending signals to your brain that, oh, yeah, I have arms and legs. (laughs) And then we'll do a little shoulder check. So you'll twist, not with any strain here, but just enough of a little twist over one shoulder at the neck, but also at the hip. So we get the vagus nerve at the very top and also down in the psoas and just do an inventory of what's behind you. Like, yep, I see everything there. Nothing's surprising. Nothing is jumping out at me there. And then uh, release as you come back to center and then turn over the other side as well. Looking over your other shoulder and going, ah, I just survived this unknown thing I was doing with Carmen and that's over. So putting a timestamp on it, that thing that's behind you. Uh, And then take a moment to look at doors and windows. Let your mind and your body recognize that you're not trapped. There are doors and windows. So you are, to more or less degree, in choice right now. And watch for the drop or some kind of settling effect. In this moment, you're safe enough to proceed. And scan for signs of safety. How do you know that you're relatively safe right now? That's good. Nice work. So as you're coming back and orienting, I want to just speak for a moment to folks who may have had some kind of um, response there that surprised them. You know, there, there are some folks who find it difficult to go inside the body and that this may be new data for you. You might have just tried to do those exercises and been like, wow, I was like really flooded or I got anxious or what have you. So, There is what's known as a global high activation state, meaning when the body is just really in overwhelm and um, we can feel disoriented or like the world is just too much. It means there's too much information going too quickly up the central nervous system, so up the spine and swirling around in the brain. And it can be very um, uh, overwhelming to be in that kind of global high activation. It's like anxiety plus, right? You could still use these exercises, but I would commend to you that you keep your eyes open um, because if going into the body, is there's so much activation there, or if you have um, a trauma history and there's some disorganized attachment, it could just be very triggering to be inside the body, but you can still use these kinds of practices uh, with your eyes open and scanning for safety in the environment. 
so there's, I just want to recap what we just did in case you were distracted by things. It's hard to remember, right? Um, we first connected with a more earthy kind of energy and we started to dose the field with safety. So we had our competent protector, but we also had like plants and animals and maybe other people. And we put them as flanking us and at our backs and then worked on uh, connecting with stabilizing forces of our bones and the earth. Then we went to um, water energy and we did an exercise that uh, actually comes from uh, Philip Shepard and his uh, radical wholeness work, and it's called Bee Seaweed, where we're really connecting with the pelvic bowl and uh, working with, it's kind of like a grounding exercise, but it's by taking our center of gravity down quite a bit lower and connecting with the psoas, and um, that's spelled P-S-O-A-S, and that's one big muscle at the low back and the pelvic bowl that sort of connects the upper body with our lower body. And the psoas is a really important uh, role in our ability to fight or flee. So even though in the last few years, everyone in somatics and trauma work in the last decade, it's, it's really been about all about polyvagal theory. I think two or three years from now, everybody's going to be talking about the psoas. And then we moved on to what's called the field spin exercise. And I want to credit that to Laura Day. I'm, I can't remember because I've been doing it for so long, but I think this was in a book that she published in maybe like the 90s or the early 2000s. Um, so, so that's where we're kind of deunifying and then coming back into um, our bodies after sort of cleansing with a bit of spinning. So we used the field spin exercise to connect with air. And then uh, finally we connected with uh, fire. And one of the aspects of that exercise, that practice of cleansing, I, I learned from Dara Silverman and Amanda Reem, the, their languaging and cues around centering into our width. Uh, and that they work with the Strutzi Institute and um, generative somatics, uh, but that notion of centering into our width as being part of um, coming into togetherness and community and belonging, that I got that idea from them. So if you enjoyed any of that work and would like to experience a different exercise in like a totally bite-sized tiny amount every day, like a three to four minute meditation, uh, you should get my Yuletide stocking stuffer. Even if you don't enjoy the European folklore, every day for 12 days from December 1st to January 1st, you'll get a new mini meditation. The first few will be a little bit longer, but mostly they'll be around three to four minutes a day, and there'll be a quick drop in. We'll do some uh, spiritual hygiene and nurturance and connection. And then on the last day, on January 1st, the journey is going to be quite a bit longer. It'll be more like a 20 to 30 minute trance journey where we'll do something more shamanistic. We'll be doing divination and it'll be a bit more oracular. So we'll do some visionary trance work to see what might be ahead for you in 2021. So you can find out about that either on Instagram at Carmen Spaniola. Check out my profile. Look for the Yuletide stocking stuffer. Or go to my website, CarmenSpaniola.com. C-A-R-M-E-N-S-P-A-G-N-O-L-A. Until next time, take care. <laughs>